0: Well, hey there, families, and welcome to a new episode of the Fresh Start Family Show. I am your host, Wendy Snyder, positive parenting educator and family life coach, and I am so happy that you are here. Today on the show, we have Deanna Mason, who is the CEO of Refreshed Moms, where she helps mom leaders exchange a life of overcommitment with one filled with spiritual rest. I love that term, mom leaders, because you'll hear in this episode today during our conversation, there are so many different type of mom leaders, right? Whether you're working outside the home or fully working inside the home or you have a mix of both, whatever it may be, we are all leaders as moms. But she is a former magazine publisher of an internationally distributed magazine for teen girls, a nonprofit founder and homeschool mom that has been forced to learn the unforced rhythms of grace and rest in order to sustain the rigor of work ministry, and family, and is committed to teaching other moms the same thing. And today she came on the show to chat with me about how to exchange an overextended life with a rested one. So she's going to talk a little bit about um, what caused her to reach a point of burnout and her story behind basically how she switched out of that and really decided and declared um, that she was no longer going to live that life. And she's also going to talk to us about why it's so common for so many moms to To struggle with rest. I know I have been on a journey the last few years to implement more rest into my life. And I would say over the last six months especially, God has been doing so much heart work with me and healing work really to help me uncover kind of um, why I had developed such patterns of having an overextended life, working so much, doing so much, striving to please everyone, um, striving to get the to-do list perfectly done, make everyone happy, all the things. And I was really feeling like I was living an overextended life. My body um, has been speaking to me for definitely the last year, asking me to slow down. And as I told Deanna during this conversation, um, it really has been challenge for me. And being that I'm such a strong-willed person, (laughs) when something is a challenge for me, I do not give up. And I am just, like many of you probably are, in process around this, right? I am actively in um, a healing state where I'm learning to say no to more. I'm learning to Look at my calendar and really understand how I can have less on my plate and still feel like I am doing what needs to be done and that I'm living a life that is not just about you know, getting all the things done here on earth, but actually a life that is pleasing to God and that is connected with God, which is very important to me as a woman of faith. So this conversation is definitely very, very faith-based. I know not all of our conversations here at Fresh Start Family are, you know, 100% faith-based, but Deanna is an incredible woman of God who loves Jesus deeply. And so when you hear her speak today about how to make a rest plan and how to turn things around if you're really feeling burnt out, I just actually got um, a, a DM today from um, a Mama who said she had commented on one of my posts, I think, and she had said something to the extent of, I had asked, like, hey, on a scale of 1 to 10, you know, how do you feel with your self-care? And she responded, um, you know, 10 being high, like, I'm a boss. I take good care of myself. I rest often. I do things that make me happy. I fill up my own bucket. And then 1 being, like, I am completely empty. I don't even know what self-care looks like. And even if I did, there's not enough time, resources, et cetera, um, to do that and she responded I'm a two I'm honestly not even sure how to take care of myself anymore and obviously you can tell by her beautiful profile picture she's got a few young kiddos right now um but I think that represents what it feels like for so many of us. Um, so you'll hear Deanna speak her wisdom around this area and how we can really turn burnout around. If you are like me and, you know, have many days where you feel like you are spread too thin and that maybe you are, la- you know, come last on your list, um, it's like Deanna's just going to really speak a lot of wisdom and encouragement around how we can intentionally and purposely build in more rest, um, but she's amazing. And like I said, she um, she has a lot of knowledge. She's actually, in addition to everything that she does, she's actually in Bible school too, getting a ministry degree on top of um, you know her her work that she does with um, being CEO of Refresh Mom. Um, and she homeschools both of her kids, and she's just she's just really inspiring. But you'll hear her definitely speak to how you know the Bible tells us we need to rest and we're going to talk about why is that so difficult for so many of us to to listen to slow down like why is there such this cultural belief that the more we do You know, the more um, respect that we'll get, the more perfect we are, the less mistakes we make. Um, You know, I think a lot of us would agree that this is a a pain point for us right now. We want to do less. We want to listen. Those of us especially who happen to be of Christian faith, we want to, um, you know, uh, live a scripture-led life. And there's just this conflict where it feels so dang hard, because there's just so much that we need to do on a day-to-day basis. So I'm so excited for you to listen to this episode, and I know you are going to love Deanna just as much as I do. We actually um, really hit it off when we first hooked up. uh, When we found each other, I was a guest on her podcast. We talked about strong-willed kids and realized that we both have a very 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 strong-willed kiddo and then we each have a less strong-willed kiddo and uh yeah we just really hit it off during that conversation and and now we get to have Deanna on our show to talk about this so it's just been a really great exchange and I am just excited for you guys to be blessed by Deanna's wit. and I will say that it's a great compliment to what we are talking about over on Instagram this month uh, with Fresh Start Family and also inside of our private bonfire support group community, uh, we are studying self-control and self-regulation and also self-care because being that it's Mother's Day month, uh, this is Again, a topic that so many of us struggle with. Uh, we might take good care of ourselves around Mother's Day, but then the rest of the year, our self care falls, you know, to the wayside. So, um, I love that this conversation is going to support those of us who are really putting intention into our self care this month, and knowing with confidence that that will help us be more calm, more empathetic, more patient with our kids, be able to feel more confident, be able to follow through with firm kind limits more consistently. It really is all connected when it comes to self care, self-regulation, and self-control. And like I said, if you are a family of faith, you're going to just dig all of this scripture talk and Bible talk. And even if you're not a family of faith, Listen in because what Deanna's saying is really, really wise, even if you're someone who's never read the Bible. Um, you know, I believe all all good things come from God. And what you're gonna learn and what you're gonna be inspired to consider during this episode is gonna really penetrate your heart again, even if you are not a family of Christian faith. So without further ado, you guys help me welcome Deanna to the show. Enjoy this episode.
1: I am so happy to be here as well when this is a breath of fresh air in my day-to-day, so thank you for having me.
0: Yes, I know you are a busy woman, Deanna, and it just uh, I just feel humbled and honored to have you joining me today. Uh, listeners, Deanna and I recorded a podcast for her show, her podcast, uh, just a few weeks ago, and to say we hit it off, I think is an understatement. I feel like
1: <laughs> it's after- understatement. <laughs> understatement.
0: We were like, oh my gosh. I was like, did we become? Did we just become best friends? It's like yeah. one of my favorite movies, Step Brothers. <laughs> but we just had so much in common. And I just felt that I was just so blessed by that hour with you. Uh, we talked about we talked about strong willed kids or discipline on your podcast. I forget. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm excited for everyone to hear that. But you're just <laughs> such a light, and um, and I am so excited to have you pour into our community of listeners today all about the journey to exchange an overextended life with a rested one. And I will tell yeah. you, Deanna, I am in massive need of this conversation and your wisdom because um, uh, you know, the last few years. Whew, I think everyone during COVID, everyone had their own struggles, right? I mean, yeah. th- just the the idea of overextending and not resting enough, I think, became a lot of people's norms. But man, I'm just now, I've been doing, um, God, I should say, has been doing so much beautiful work in my life the past probably six, eight months specifically, especially to kind of unwind these patterns of... Um, perfectionism that I know are rooted in shame. He's been doing a ton to just clear and weed out shame that's in my life, but it's really kind of showed up in the last year or two, especially with uh, overworking, overextending myself, not honoring my body uh, I'll get you know brain fog at the end of the day sometimes, and I'll still just send that one more customer service email or record one more thing because I just you know it's like this idea of just the overextending, and it, I've just become so cognizant of it that I I started just asking for healing in this area. I I, I want to rest more. I want to lean into um, receiving just. Grace and and you know, and rest and and not feeling like I'm always needing to do more and more 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 more. But I will tell you, it is a thick habit uh yeah. that I am currently in the season of, of breaking. So when I found you and your work, I was just instantly drawn to you. And your your heart and uh your wisdom is in this area is just absolutely uh incredibly divinely appointed for sure. Um so just talk to us about how you got here, Deanna, how did you become, I mean, you're, you're really like a rest expert, right? Like you, you're Mm -hmm. helping women to, uh, to rest more, all the things, but tell us a little bit about your journey, how you got here. How did you become so passionate about this? What are you up to these days? Tell us about how old your kids are, all the things. Yeah.
1: Okay. So if, if I could be known as a rest expert, I would take it. That is such an honor to be, if, if that becomes a thing, I, I would like, yes, yes. Well done. Good and faithful servant. I would be so happy, especially mm-hmm. for amongst women and mothers. Um, but yeah, just to um, share a little bit about my family and our dynamic here. I am married to the Eddie Mason, the third He's a um, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful partner, and um, thank goodness he now remote works. He came home two years ago when most people did, and has not returned back. And I don't think they're even going to bring him back because I think they're trying to lease offices now, lease the offices that they were working out. So I'm thinking I think he's home. So it has basically transformed the dynamic of my home. We homeschool, so having him around has has felt amazing to be a partner with homeschooling our children. My children are older, so I just I want people to hear this as I share my story. I have a 16-year-old and a 14-year-old. Um, they're about to cross over at the time of this recording to senior year and freshman year. We're dealing with two very independent, very um, highly um, take initiative type of kids that are very well behaved. Okay. That I say that because I need people to understand context of <laughs> when I share my story, <laughs> because not everybody has that scenario going on, but what, um, I share and what God has for us is applicable to all. And yeah. anyway, so how I found myself in this space of a rest consultant, which is I'm self-proclaimed rest consultant. I don't know where that title came from because I made it up.
0: And there's not a lot of you. There's not a lot of rest <laughs> experts there's or consultants out there. and so, Oh ugh, man. Okay. And I
1: feel like we're in a season for more, um, yeah. for more people like me to center on this message. But when I was a younger mother and, and when I say younger mother, younger in, in my age, as well as younger in my children's age, I had no prior understanding of rest, of saying no to things in order to make room for the things that matter most. That was not language that was being talked about, at least not where I was hanging out. If it was, it wasn't talking. It was probably the 40 yeah. and 50-something women that had lived some life. In, <laughs> that you're probably having those conversations where the 20s yeah. and 30s weren't. Because um, when you're a 20-something, 30-something mother, you don't really have the skill set of respecting the season of motherhood. Um, We tend to, at least culturally speaking in America, we tend to create um, even, okay, let let me preface this. Women like you and me, women who are women that have multiple roles of leadership happening simultaneously, we can find ourselves in a position of resentment towards our season of motherhood because of what it takes to be a good mom. Yeah. Um, what it takes to manage a home. Um, and so I was that as well as a woman that wanted to work. I was cognizant enough to know that I didn't have it. I didn't have the wherewithal to work outside of the home that became very clear after the birth of my second child. I don't know. I I used to say, I don't know how women do this. I definitely don't know how to, how single moms do it Yeah, because I can't do this. I can't pull this off. And so I, I, I learned how to, um, work from home. I, I began to contract my work and freelance and, and was more, more present at home while my children were babies before they were school age. And then, um, had the nerve once they became school age to decide to homeschool. Okay. So that's probably, <laughs> that was probably some insanity All right now I'm working for myself. Um, I'm also, um, have years of ha- a heart for ministry work. And I started my own nonprofit because that's what, people like you and me do. We just start things. right? We start organizations. I started a nonprofit and that nonprofit became my work and basically got up to working about 40 plus 50 hours a week while still homeschooling my children. It was quite an insane season. I ran the organization for about eight years. So about year five, our work moved into magazine publication. We decided to publish a magazine. The organization was centered around um, providing faith support for families. Um, We were called examples, family resources, and we, also evolved into supporting mothers of teen girls for some kind of way. I don't, I can't, I can't even remember how we ended (laughs) up there, but we, that became a big, huge focus for the organization. And out of that ministry, we um, began to publish a magazine for teen girls that was eventually picked up um, and circulated throughout the U S and parts of Canada. And once we became a magazine publisher with orders coming from Barnes and Nobles and the, Um, Hastings books and and anybody that was selling magazines, we were getting orders from them because we were um, internationally circulated. That's when things took a very, very significant turn because that machine was not waiting on anybody. It wasn't a machine that I had control over the production. We were on a schedule. And in order to meet orders, in order to be on shelves, we had to keep up with that schedule. So it wasn't like, Oh, we'll just do that tomorrow. No, it, it, deadlines were hard, hard deadlines yeah. in order to get to print. And so I, of course, I shouldn't say of course, because I, I didn't do a lot of things that should have been enough of course, because I just wasn't smart enough to do, but I, I was smart enough to staff. Well, the magazine publication side of things. So we got that working like a final machine in order to get that magazine published and out, but mm-hmm we had a whole nother side of our organization that was not magazine publication. It was still doing workshops and and events and um, mom's groups and all those things were still happening simultaneously with publishing this magazine. And so because we spent our resources as far as operating expenses towards staffing the magazine, we had no operating expenses to staff any other parts. So guess who picked up all the other parts? I picked mm. up all the other parts because that's what reasonable people do. Right. And right. <laughs> so I basically tried to hold that down for it. I, I wasn't doing it well, but I held that down. Plus deciding to homeschool my ch- my oldest, once he became of age, I held that down for about two and a half years before I realized I was like months away from a crash and burn. Yeah. And I absolutely, I, I could not, fathom we had just finished up a fiscal year my children had just finished up a school year I'm sitting at the table with at breakfast with my laptop and my kids that was my normal they're eating breakfast I'm on the laptop and I just was I can't I can't re-up another year I can't do this another year I don't think I can physically or mentally hold this and that's when I made the decision that I felt like I had to let the organization go and yeah. so I contacted my board of directors because we were a nonprofit and we were governed by a board and let them know, look, I, I need a backout plan. I need you guys to, I'm, I'm so, cause they all believed in it. It was such a hard thing to, to say to them, but I'm like, unless you guys can staff me in these other areas, which we knew we didn't have the money to do. Um, and none of us have fundraising. <laughs> Nobody had fundraising <laughs> skills at all. And uh, I was like, I, I got to let it go and they helped me they gave me like a 4 to 6 month plan to back out and I shut the doors. And yeah. I took about 3 years off of entrepreneurship and um working to be present and just you know, homeschool my kids, home management and basically figure out what the heck happened because I was at a loss at how I got there. I didn't even know how I got there. And I was pretty much done with Working for myself, I was like that life is gone. I'm not doing that anymore. I didn't like how I felt. I, I didn't like how unpresent I was with for my mm. entire family and my extended family. I was never available for anything, and i was like, and I definitely wasn't spending time with God, knowing that that was important. That just that was compromised very quickly. I'm like, that's there's no time to get up and pray. There's no time for reading the Bible. There's just, I gotta work. I gotta do God's work. I can't spend time right. with him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How how dare he expect that? And, (laughs) um, but in that time that I now call a, um, sabbatical, God dealt with my heart around rest and started teaching me. I don't, I didn't know what I know today, but he started teaching me how to take care of myself physically and mentally, emotionally, and, once I got those rhythms going for myself and definitely spiritually, you know, prioritizing my spiritual walk with them and nurturing my faith. He started nudging me back into ministry work and entrepreneurship. I was like, yeah, no, I don't <laughs> want any parts of this. This was about 2017 at this point. I didn't want to do it. I was terrified. He didn't let it go. He kept it just kept rising up. that it was time to step back in. And so I. I call myself making a deal with them. I'm like, if if, if you're wanting me to do this, I, I need you to help me not compromise what hard work I've put into my care and, you know, my parenting and, you know, the things that needed me. I don't want to yeah. lose those things again. So I need you to help me. And I want you to help me help other moms that you are Calling to do—you're obviously a caller of moms into ministry. So there's other women out there that you're talking to like this, or other women that you've you've already talked to, and they're burning out like I did. Help yeah. me help them do the same thing, and that's where my company, are, and that's where Refresh Moms started. Oh my gosh.
0: It's listening to this story. It's like I love how God works through emotions, and I know we have (laughs) discovered that we're both very emotional, wonderfully (laughs) blessed emotional people, and we have strong-willed kids. We're again best friends now, (laughs) but the emotion is just stirring in my heart and my stomach. And I, um, as I listen to that story, I just want to sob. Like I just was, if you were here, I would just be like sobbing into you because it's just. I can relate so much. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just feel like I'm a little bit in that season of like, mm-hmm. man, how did I get here? Like, I love what I do. I'm mm-hmm. so passionate about it. And when you say, you know, I gotta go do God's work, <laughs> like I really believe that God mm-hmm. is working it through this organization and I mean, my students mean so much to me, the programs we've created, this podcast, like I just love what I do, Mm -hmm. but oh my gosh, how did I get to a place where I am so tired every day and the juggle is like, and it feels like around every corner is like, okay, we're just going to get this new program built or you know, hire one more staff member. And it's like, then I'm going to be able to rest, then I'm going to be able to rest. And it's like, oh my gosh, I just that like I, that idea of like, I don't have time for God. Like I'm doing God's work mm-hmm. and I just wrestle with that. And I'm like, God, why is it so hard for me to slow down? Why am I keep getting hung up on like, you know, mm-hmm. or, or I'll say this afternoon, I'm going to take a, take a rest and meditate and pray, pray for just 20 minutes. And then I'll mm-hmm. push myself and I'll push myself. And then all of a sudden it's time to get the kids and they got to get to sports. And then it's time for dinner and, it's just like why how did I end up on this this hamster wheel yeah. Diana, so it's like to to hear your wisdom about this uh is just so meaningful for me today and I love what you said about you know a lot of us type of women like we have high regards for every area of our life and we want to mm-hmm. do it all really really well mm-hmm. and when you're doing so much, it's just all of a sudden you start to feel like a failure yeah. everywhere you're like what I'm doing so much, but how I, you feel like you're just, you're not, you're not giving anything. You're all everything. You're all. So then you end up feeling like a failure and it's just a weird cycle. So I'm sure if I feel like this right now, no matter if, if if women who are listening, you know, are, uh, working in addition to their home and, and parenthood stuff going on, or whether they're just full-time with their kids and, Mm -hmm. and doing all that. Like, I just know there's going to be so many people that have got to be able to, to feel the same feeling of like, why do I feel like I'm threat um, spread so thin? Why, how did I get to this place where it feels like I don't have time for myself? It's hard to squeeze in time for God. There's so much to do from the second I wake up from the second I go down, there's stuff to yeah. do. There's places to people to help. There's children, like so. Talk to me about um, why. Why do we struggle with this so much? Like why do why mm. do you think moms struggle with this? What is mm-hmm. this? Besides yeah. the huh. damn enemy.
1: <laughs> yeah. Huh. No, <laughs> you're right. Um, it is a tactic of the enemy. It is yeah. one of his. His tools that I think he loves to use with women and with mothers. Um, well, first of all, yeah, the, part of the problem is we are spread too thin. That's not, a, I'm not gonna act like that's not a problem. No, we are. We're spread too thin. Some of the things that I think contribute to that lifestyle is cultural for us here in America. You're in America, are you? I always forget yeah. you're you're California. here in America because yeah, because I talk to yeah. a lot of women in Canada. But well, we have but...
0: listeners all over the world.
1: Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna talk through to the through from the perspective of <laughs> being a woman here in this country. Um, we live in a country that has been for years on the trajectory of doing more and more and more and more and more. And more. The more you can get done the more esteemed and valued you are. You are rewarded for high productivity financially, as well as accolades. Um, Women have been invited more to this career party, but not, unfortunately, in a way that makes room for motherhood. We are expected to work like we don't have kids, and we're expected to raise kids as if we don't work. That's just a cultural expectation Um, unless you happen to work for someone that, or for a company that is very sensitive to the equity that is necessary for women and mothers to succeed um, at work. It's it's a trend that's happening, but it's still, it's not across this whole country. And um, so culturally speaking, I think we have been It has been perpetuated just because of where we live, which now speaks to those of us that are Christ followers, the need to change residencies. Our citizenship has to change. We have to um, switch from what is culturally relevant to our lives, to what is divinely relevant to our lives. And the rest that is spoken about biblically definitely starts with a heart posture it has nothing to do with how many hours you sleep it has nothing to do with taking things off your to-do list it really doesn't because you can be restful and get a whole lot done if the things that you're getting done are the things that he has asked of you to do it's Mm -hmm. not about how much you get done it's doing the things that are actually required and necessary. And nothing matters but his perspective and what he is instructing us to do, whether you're a mom that's full time or whether you are a mom that's a ministry leader, whether you are a mom that is career plus, you know, fill in all the blanks. It doesn't matter. It's not about I'm a working mom. I'm going to stay at home. It's nothing about that because stay at home moms can overextend themselves just as much as career moms. It's, it's, it has yeah. nothing to do with how your mommy or how you're showing up in your life season has everything to do with your posture. And we've got to exchange what is culturally expected to what is divinely expected. And his expectations are different. And there's a rhythm to being a Christ follower. He approaches life differently he approaches work differently. The Bible defines work differently depending on where it's appearing in scripture. There is a work that is toil, which we're all familiar with because toil leads to that exhaustion. And then there is work that is in partnership with the father, Mm. which does not lead to exhaustion, but does require rest. (laughs) Right. And learning to decipher between the two is what we would all benefit in spending time with God around because he does want to weigh in on what ends up on our list of to- do's to get done um so just to answer that question I think we'll get into more of it as we continue this conversation but culturally speaking we've been deceived into a lifestyle that um, puts us all on a trajectory to burnout. It just, it just is what it is. That's what American culture does. And I'm sure we're not alone. And then secondly, learning to change our citizenship to, okay, if this is what human standards expect, if this is what I am awarded for or rewarded for in my human citizenship, in my human existence, does that align with what I'm awarded for in Jesus's perspective? And nine times out of 10, that's going to be a no. There are different things he is looking for that have zero to do what the world is looking for. And learning to trust that his The things he's looking for have the power and authority to speak and provide for your entire life over what you think your hands need to be doing is something that we all have to submit in prayer in our walk with God to figure out what those things are.
0: Let's chat for a hot sec, openly and honestly about what your discipline toolkit looks like in your home right now. If you're anything like most parents, you're relying on the hand-me-down set you inherited Yes. So good. Um, and I love all of that, like that submission part, right. Of just declaring his power over like the power of the temptation of all these things that feel like it's coming at you all day long. And you have all these things that need to get done or that you need to say yes to. And what I've been like enjoying just looking at too, is, is the relationship between, perfectionism and mm-hmm. that shame that a lot of us feel if if we don't get it all done, if we let someone down, if we finish a project, you know, or close the laptop or, you know, and then we feel like it's not perfectly done, right? I feel like there's a lot of, um, of I don't know, I, I mean, I do think I know where a lot of the shame comes from around that, but it's really tied to that perfectionism a lot of times in my opinion, where if you just get everything done perfectly, Mm. even if it means uh, not putting God first, putting your body second, then you won't have any shame because there's no chance for mistakes. There's no chance Mm. for being less than like, there's no, but then it also comes into like mixes in like this pride, right? Like I'm an Enneagram Mm. two wing three of like, the pride gets in my way sometimes of like, you know, I've been trying to just put out imperfect work sometime and be fine with it. You know, like if there's an error or something in a podcast episode or, a, um, you know, or, or a blog post or something, instead of deleting it and redoing it and taking an extra 20 minutes away from my family, or that I could be taking a prayer walk with God, just letting it go and not yeah. having my value be based in how much I get done and also the amount it's perfect right but it's such a um, it's such a spiritual journey to go on that like healing track of like well what is if i'm not perfect if i'm or even if i make mistakes what does that mean about me and realigning that truth with like well here's what god thinks about you not what culture thinks about you if you have an mm-hmm. imperfect you know attempt or if you don't make if you don't volunteer for that event or if you go to bed early when your husband needs to put the kids down to bed or whatever Um, I've just been enjoying kind of looking at those things. I don't know Mm -hmm. if you see any relation at all with everything.
1: Okay. Well, as a perfectionist, Mm -hmm. as someone that struggles with perfectionist and performance orientation, all of that, I relate to I completely understand. Um, Now we can we can peel back that onion on the roots of it personally, you know, for the rest of this podcast, if we wanted to, but what it really does boils down to spiritually is we we think we are in control when we're not. Yes. For some reason we feel like our hands have to be doing it and our mm-hmm. hands have to do it a certain way as if God can't breathe on imperfect work. I um I've talked about and I'm sure I've recorded it not probably as a topic but I'm sure it has come up in different podcast conversations of um, getting real good at doing BC work, <laughs> like if you're grading yes. at ABCD, just getting real comfortable with doing BC work. Um, trusting that God is the God can add the A where it needs to be. Um, yeah. Just releasing yourself from perfectionism, and um, and they're and they're usually self-imposed. There, it's like it's usually not somebody asking for a level of that. That could happen. Like I've had a client for no, I can't say a client or two. I've had a client that expected perfection. Mm. Um and I don't roll like that. Look, I do great work, yeah. I do excellent work, but I am a human. You will make room for yeah. human error cuz you ain't going to work with nobody if you don't. But um you know, we tend to think that things need to be a lot more perfect than they actually need to be. And that's mm. where the relationship of trusting God comes in now I could back up that trust also to, you know, is the activity that you're trying to perfect even something he's asked or required of you. Mm-hmm. That's something, you know, if he's told you to do it, you've got to trust that you're equipped to do it and know that he is not even asking perfect. He's asking for obedience and doing it. Um, whatever the yeah. world that have come to us and thinking it needs to be a certain way. Now we're not talking about doing sloppy work. We're not talking about not being faithful to the work. Like yeah. I'm in school right now and I asked my, the people that grade my work, I said, just record the grade, but don't tell me what the grade is. Because if you start putting a grade on my work, I'm going to be working to get an A. I'm nice. I mean, in Bible school. I got to preface this. Okay. I'm in Bible school. And the, the intention is not for any type of certification or degree at the end, at least for me, I just want to study the Bible. That is the whole reason why oh, I'm there. I want to study I the Bible. It. And this is the tool that I'm using to set aside a season of Bible study. And if they start putting a grade on my Bible study, I am fearful that that's going to infiltrate my ability to study the Bible. And I'm going to now look for perfection. And I'm like, yeah. I'm going to miss the whole point of this whole season. And and they, they have honored that. They have honored. Nice. They're like, just pass, fail, huh? Just pass, just pass, fail. <laughs> I mean, go ahead and record it for what you need. Just don't tell me what that grade is. Now, if I fail, tell me why I fail. If I'm making mistakes, tell me what needs to be corrected. Just don't give me a grade. Yes. Because I know me. I'm going to try to cross over into controlling the grade instead of of journeying with Jesus. And I think we can look at that across all of the things that we're doing, especially if our hands are in ministry work. I mean, what's the point? What's the point if we think it's in our control? What's the point? Right. I have a nonprofit organization and I've been trying, 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 because I'm I'm a, I um been learning about fundraising and um, we've had some fundraisers and so part of making sure money keeps coming in is you got to keep raising funds, right? And I, part of the goal of this year was to have like monthly small fundraisers and then have two larger fundraisers throughout the year in The hope is that with all of those put together, we will have what we need to fund our programming. And I started school and I can't get I can't get these monthly pushes done for the life of me. I can't get it done. And so my brain is like, golly, if I don't this is my human thought. Yeah. If I don't get this done, we won't have money. And if we don't have money, our work won't get done. That is the human train of thought. and Jesus is over here saying, but I am the God who provides, who says I need a fundraiser to provide what you need and who said money is what you need. And it's like trusting that, okay, my time is not allowing for this thing that in my brain is necessary to get done my business brain and my nonprofit executive director brain. The one that has to lead all of this to happen if it's going to happen in an organization says, well, we've got to have a fundraising plan and we've got to have things in place to execute it. Now, I believe that in my natural brain, but I can't, I don't have time to do that right now. Yep. And then what Jesus ministers to my heart is, can you just do the work that I've asked you to do? Can you be obedient to do just the work that I've asked you to do this season? And not look at financial provision as my only way of taking care of the organization or the people that you desire to serve. And that takes a level of taking your hands off of things and saying, I'm not in control, but what I will be is obedient. I am, I'm not in control, but what I will be is faithful. And you can do that across the board, that with your children, with volunteerism, you know, well, I wish I was more available to fill in the blank, or my church is asking for childcare workers on Sunday. I drop my children off on Sunday. Therefore, I think I should volunteer. Right. Because I am, I benefit from childcare. That is natural human logic. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying to do it or not do it, but I am saying. You doing it out of disobedience, because number one, keep somebody else who's trying to obey from doing it. All right. And number two, there's something else that maybe God is requiring of you in this season that doesn't include childcare. And it may not be volunteerism. Yeah. But we'll let, what are they going to think of me? What are, you know, what are people going to say? I'm going to be judged. We would rather say face with men. Not men and gender, but men right. and human. Then to be obedient, right? To the Father, and I'm not saying that's an easy thing to do. Even though when you're talking about suffering and persecution, it really ain't that bad, folks. All right, there right. are people like <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> it ain't that bad. I'm sure Paul yeah. can uh, can tell us. I can tell you about some persecution, folks. That's not really hardcore being dis- uncomfortable about somebody possibly judging you for not working in the children's ministry, but it is a form of suffering and persecution. All right. Yeah. And Jesus is like, can you suffer? Can you obey me and be okay to suffer? Um, so anyway, all, all of that, I don't know how that ties in for you into this question about perfectionism and, um, Trying to get things right, but in my brain it's like the problem usually is we are trying to control something that God is asking for the reins back. Oh, so usually good. The problem is,
0: yes, and you know, talk to me a little bit about how. Oh, I, I mean, I assume, but tell me, tell me more about this. But it assume when. Like there takes such obedience to rest, which is so weird to me, Deanna, Because we're all exhausted. We're all exhausted. Mm-hmm. All I want to do is sit down and read <laughs> and like read right, the right. scripture and rest. Or I mean, rest sounds amazing. Um, you would think it would be the easiest thing to obey mm-hmm. and just sit and spend time surrendering everything to God. But it's like this uh, this addiction to go, go, going. So. Mm-hmm. How I mean, I love, I love the idea of more of this, right? Of like just, and and so much of what I teach pa- students and parents and families um, is this, is this mindset piece, right? To like become aware where you're engaging in the cultural systematic mindsets and thought patterns that are not of God's way or not working for you in your own family, and just to become aware first and then diligently switch and let them pass and not engage with them and just kind of, you know, in this conversation, allow Jesus to come in and and listen and hear those thoughts and take those thoughts on as our mm-hmm. defining, right? But how do we like, how do you recommend designing when we're not used to resting much and we we feel like we're on the hamster wheel and we feel like, I, I, for me, this isn't new, which is so fascinating, Deanna, because I can remember when the kids were really little and before I was really working a lot of hours on Fresh Start Family. I would, you know, and this is common with young parents is, or parents with young kids, is you get to the end of the day and you feel like you've done nothing. Like you're worthless. Like you've probably changed- 27 diapers. Mm -hmm. You've had thousands of moments of grace and kindness and discipline and like, you know, providing for these little mini humans Mm -hmm. and just all these things. But at the end of the day, you're like, well, I didn't get anything done. Nothing. Mm -hmm. Right. Like when you're on that hamster wheel and you're like, what do you recommend to like switch into this designing a rest plan or getting Mm -hmm. to that point where we're, listening more and talking less like the chatter in our brain, not listening to it and actually resting.
1: Oh, well, you got to, first of all, decide that it's needed and important. Okay. Mm-hmm. I can't talk anybody into this. It, it It's like, you gotta be, the fruit has to be ready. <laughs> yep. You gotta be ready to harvest. If you're wanting to rest, um, if somebody this sounds impossible. My life, you know, that's fine. That might be where you are today. I'm not, but for the people that are like, I need this. I don't know how that's who I want to talk to right, right now. Like yeah. you've already realized this. I just don't know how to insert this. Um, the first place that I'm going to direct you in this, and in, in when people hear this, I know it sounds simple. And in many circles, it may be cliche, and not taken seriously. I want you to hear my heart because I'm so serious. When I say this, it starts with you getting with Jesus. (laughs) Just tell him what you need. Yeah. Just tell him, I believe you want me to rest. I have zero clue how to do it. Will you help me? And he will, whether it's through a resource or through an encouragement or through the Holy Spirit Spirit speaking something to your heart, he will begin to guide you. And the reason why I know this is because that's what he did for me. I didn't know how. I knew I needed it, and he showed me how. And he still shows me how. He still is revealing rest to me. Yeah, because you Um, are a a busy woman. Yeah, I'm busy, but this this is something new for me within the past, I'll say 18 months of my existence. I'm busy doing the things that I think he's told me to be busy Mm, doing. Nice. It's completely different than being busy I have deemed important. Right. There are certain things that he has told me is really important. And those are the things that you make room for he didn't say and do them perfectly. He just said, those are things I want you to make room for. And as you're making room for it, I'm still journeying with you as you make mistakes, as you are, you know, are not faithful here. I'm still there, but these are the things that I'm asking for you to do. And those are the things that I've, I only have room and space in my life to do those things. And it has zero to do about how much my plate can hold. It has everything to do about me being obedient to what I think he's asked me to do. And within that obedience, I insert his rhythm of work and rest. Okay. So number one, I said, you just have, if you just have a heart's desire for it, just start with prayer and telling God, this is what I want. This is what I need. I think it's important. The second thing is the Bible is really kind and generous in it teaching us his rhythm of rest. Mm-hmm. And you all are that are that are followers are not unfamiliar with the concept of six days on one day rest. You're not unfamiliar with it if you right. have read Genesis one any time in your life or watch watched the Veggie Tales or watched, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> um you're familiar with the creation story. Um and I will not get really deep into um the theology be- behind seven and all those things. yeah. But to nutshell it, he created a rhythm of six days of work in the seventh day of rest. Now, I do also believe it's really important that those six days of work encompass the work he's asking of you. The work that you are doing in partnership with him, not the work that you're doing in toil. Okay? Yep. So six days of work in partnership with Jesus, seventh day is a day of rest. Um, Are we resting just because it's a day off? No, there's certain things that are happening on that seventh day of rest. Um, First of all, it is designed to be a reorientation, reset type of phenomena. Um, You can see this throughout the history of the Jewish community. This was, you know, they had the seventh day, they had the seventh year, they had the 49th year. They had these things around seven that were all about the restoration and the, the uh, reorientation and the reset. This they was a They were serious. Yeah, about and they were the serious. Arrest. They were serious. And they were culturally attacked by, um, they didn't keep it up. It was instructed. And okay, let me just, pre- let me just, Let let me put this into some perspective for you. So can you imagine America shutting down every seven days or every six days or every seven days? However, I don't know how, you know, six days work, (laughs) seven days, the whole country shuts down. Can you imagine on the seventh year um, forgiving debts, um, not working the land? You know, can you imagine... I don't think that would ever happen in our country. Yeah. Um. Even if they were believers, I don't think it would ever happen in our country. Yeah. <laughs> um. You know, eventually the ways of the world won. And those rhythms were were compromised by many. Um. So it, this is not a new phenomena of resistance, cultural resistance to a divine rhythm.
0: me know if you have any questions firststartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and
1: kind let me just talk about this the, the weekly rhythm um the bible gives us instructions on that rhythm and i was telling you what's happening on the on this on the day of rest okay so there is a reorientation there's a reset happening a refreshment that's happening there's also a reconnection with the father. This is a day for you to um, spend time as slow as you want to just talk to God about the things of the week. Just, this is what happened with the kids. This is what happened with my husband. this is something that we're believing God for. This is what happened with my friend, you know, and just, it's an opportunity to have a container to just slowly commune about your week. It's also an opportunity to give gratitude and thankfulness about the week. And I mean, who wouldn't want that full interruption? Who wouldn't crave an opportunity to have space where I know when that day comes, I'm going to be able to sit and talk to God about this thing that's been bugging me about my son all week. I'm going to be able to sit and um, intercede for my friend who's fighting cancer. Um, I'm going to be able to sit and just recount of the hand of God that was clear on my life or my child's life or whatever throughout the week, how God divinely provided for us. It's just an opportunity to give thanks. Um, and then, of course, just those activities themselves have the qualities within them to refresh you, first of all.
0: Right. All right.
1: But it's just it's also an opportunity to to connect with family, to commune over a meal, to um, get down on the floor and and play Legos with your kid, um, to take a walk around the neighborhood, to like my daughter was in the car um, with me today. And a few a couple months ago, I took her away to the mountains and I let her ask me anything she wanted to ask me about sex. Anything. Yeah. Everything's (laughs) off the table. My history, anything that she's been wondering all of it. And we just spent the weekend. I just let her, we went for it. And she just, so awesome. that was just such a blessing for her. And at before we left the mountains, she was like, can we keep this going? Can we keep having these conversations? I was like, yes, absolutely. And so we're in a car um, coming home from school today. And she was like, mommy, remember when you said we can keep those conversations going? She's I'm ready for another one. <laughs> so guess what I get to do? I get to put, I know I have a Sabbath, I can tell her we're going to talk about this on Sunday, which right now it's Sunday. It used to be Saturday, but school has interrupted my rhythm. Yeah. Because <laughs> I got homework that's due every Sunday. So Saturday is spent doing homework yeah. in order to turn it in. So Sunday is now my Sabbath rest day. But I get, I don't, there's nothing planned on that day besides my Sabbath. Mm. So I have a container to be like, hey, let's go have a picnic and let's just talk. Yeah, um, It's a gift. It's a oh, gift yeah. to interrupt the busy, you know? Yeah. Um, so to start, I know that was a long answer. You know, I talk a lot. To start is just to tell God what you want and journey with him in moving towards his ideas about rest in your life in order for you to implement them. Oh,
0: I love that. and And it's like, once once we slow down, you know, it's like we can I I I believe it becomes so easier to hear him, right? Like I think a lot of us oh, yeah. will say, Oh my gosh, I, I just it's hard to, it's hard to hear God. It's hard to hear, but it's because when you're moving so fast and you've got so much going on, and like in this day and age with the the multitasking, right? Like even just the development of the iPhone and just there are days when I'm like I just don't want to be reached. I don't want
1: mm-hmm.
0: like remember when we just had a house phone and if you needed to get a hold of somebody that's the only place you could get a hold of them. Now mm-hmm. it's like it's just my mind fills with like man it is a it, you you just ha- like have to declare and go for it to make these sabbatical days really restful because it's there's a lot of opportunity for things to intervene, you know? So like when I think oh, yeah. about Sunday and and Monday like uh, and what I was gonna say is it's interesting because it, as I slowed down this year I've been slowing down a little bit it's felt so good um, you know just to, to like I said God's been working and, and knitting my heart this year um, but I've heard like I hear I've heard him whispering for a while it's like hey Monday can be a day where nothing is on your calendar mm-hmm. right like no meetings no nothing like, take it slow. Like, because Sunday often is like, there's so much going on with church and family and meal planning for the week and all the things that it feels like it's often, by the time I get to Monday, I always joke that I, I need a vacation from the weekend.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So like when you say it's Sunday and you're, that's your day. Um, like, how do you still have it be a restful day when there's a lot going on?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um- Okay. First of all, I've been doing this for a minute. Yeah. So that's really important. When this was becoming a rhythm, I had to learn how to create it. And then once it was created, how to fiercely protect it. Mm. Okay. To the point now that people that know me understand that Deanna in the Mason family Sabbaths. So now it's part of our identity and people Mm -hmm. don't mess with it. Because, you know, people that are close to us understand that's what's going on. So they they make room for it and they honor it and they respect it. So they're not expecting us to pick up phones and all that kind of stuff, even though my extended family has access to me. But nobody else does unless I decide I want to give them. Um, So but I had to I had to work up to that. Now, golly, I, oh, I have the, I'm, I'm in the midst of creating a Sabbath course that deals with um, preparation and chores mm-hmm. and where to put, you know, how do you put things that are going to come for your rest? Where do you put them in order for oh, it, I love it to be it. restful? It's coming. Y'all just stay in my world. <laughs> it's coming. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm I'm actually going to start teaching it in May. I'm just going to teach it live one one lesson at a time because if I wait to record it, it and gonna never get done. So I just have to just say, "Hey, I'm lesson 1. Yep. If you want if you want to show up, come and I'll teach it." Some of my favorite courses, end. some
0: of my Probably, favorite yeah, it's courses just I've a, ever done are recorded like that.
1: So it's yep, great. that's the season I'm in and it's just gonna to have to be that cuz I keep putting it off because I don't have a window of time to record. But anyway. Yeah. Um so it give yourself the time to first of all, understand the rhythm that you want. And then how do you work up to um, protecting that once you've declared it? Um, And you'll figure those things out. You'll figure out how to disconnect from your phone because it really is, you're going to have to disconnect from your phone. If you don't want to be distracted by your phone, then you got to disconnect from your phone, which usually means you got to back that up to figure out what needs to happen the day before in order for me to be able to put my phone down on up. Everything yeah. is prep. you know, like the Jewish community has this rhythm of this mad dash before sunset on Friday to right. get the food, get the meals done. Get the they're seriously preparing because they know ain't nothing happening yeah. at su- after sundown until six o'clock, until sundown the next day. It's shut down, no so cars, no light switches, bro. It's done. Right. It's done for those that still practice. And um, we, you know, we don't, we definitely don't have to get to a point of legalism around it. You know, please understand that um, Jesus is Lord over the Sabbath, which means there is no legal um, approach to this still for your good though. And so just identifying, like you said, this is what's happening on the, the days that I currently, like, if I wanted to take a Sabbath on this day, this day is currently earmarked for this, right? So you're going to slowly start finding other places in your week, in your schedule, not even, okay. Oh, there's this three-step um, process that I'm going to try to go through real quick. because I'm trying not to talk too long on this episode, but um, there's this principle that I teach to help women back out of burnout. Mm-hmm. Um and the first one is is identifying the things that have to get done. That's the first step. What are you, what are you saying has to get done? You know, um and things that could be your stuff for work and that could be stuff for home, whatever. I got to make this doctor's appointment, I got to get groceries, I got to, you know, take the dog to the groomer, whatever those things are, what are the things that have to get done? And then, then, you know, just identify what those are. And the second level is out of those things that have to get done, which ones do you not have to be the one doing? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. What can be delegated and shared and carried by other people bring it, you know, and I got, like I said, I got kids taller than me in my house. I got big kids that can be, I can delegate to them things that I used to n- not think I had help with. All right. Now, if you're like, well, my kid is two, I don't have it. Okay. <laughs> there's, there's still other things that can be delegated and taken off your plate. You're just going to have to journey with Jesus on what that looks like for you. Cause it, it's very organic yeah. to your season. All right. But my husband, you know, just bringing him in, like before I started school, I sat down with the entire family. I like, look, this is a 50 hour a week commitment. You guys, I am not going to be as available as used to be. I cannot keep all the balls in the air without your help. And we just, I said, I don't know yeah. what it's going to feel like until I get there. But these are the things I anticipate needing help with. You know, I just need everybody to sign off and say, yes, we're in. You know, those are the type of family meetings that need to be happening. It's like, look, yeah. I need this. I started Sabbath before my husband did. And so I had to communicate to him what I needed in order for me to honor the Sabbath. And he was willing to do it. Now, it took him two months to get used to me not being available the same way that he was used to me being available on that day. You know, he was still have scheduled because I homeschooled. And so one of the things I asked him to do was to be the primary parent on my Sabbath. Can the kids come Mm -hmm. to you if they need something? I'm not tapping out, but can you be the first line of defense with the kids? Right. I'm, I'm I'm available. But just can you like if you see them heading towards the door and my door is closed, can you tackle them and figure out what they need? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yes. So he agreed to it. So he, it took Something. him a minute to realize what he agreed to, because he'd be like, hey, he would make plans on Saturdays right. to be out of the house. And so I would challenge them with lovingly challenge him. Be like, so yeah. what's your child care plan? And he would look at me like I need a child care plan. I say, guess what? I need whenever I go to the dentist and I gotta go to the doctor and I gotta do things. These kids are with me 24/7. Guess what? I gotta have that, gotta have. There's yeah. two things that's happening. It well, was three things that's happening. Either they're coming with me, either I have child care or I cancel. Those are the, three, those are the right. three options. Yeah. You have those same options, you have to now weigh what's more important. And sometimes that meant he didn't go. Sometimes that meant. Ne- he never got childcare. So either he didn't go or they went with him. Yeah. But he had to learn that on Saturdays, this is what I have to do if I want to do things outside of the house because Deanna is not available. Right. Yeah. And so, and that wasn't a, a source of tension for us. That was communication based off of what I was saying I needed. Um, so, anyway, the preparation, yeah. the conversations, Oh, I didn't get to the third one. This is really important. So you identify the things that need to get done. You figure out from that list what you don't have to do. Grocery shopping doesn't mean you have to be the one grocery shopping. Groceries need to get got, but I don't have to be the one to get them. That type right. of thing. And then the third one is surrender what ain't going to get done. Mm. got to surrender the things that are just get touched. That's a hard one for me, Diana. That's a hard one. <laughs> what is necessary. No, I stopped
0: saying hard. I stopped saying hard a few weeks, a few years ago, you know, I don't say hard anymore. I took it out of my language. I was like, I'm not saying hard. That is the new one that I continue to be on a journey to, um, handle the uncomfortableness of is the, the surrender. But this conversation, Deanna has just encouraged me so much and inspired me. And I just, uh, I just needed to hear all this and this this loving challenge to put God first and surrender and obey. And it's just it's just been so good for me. Thank you so much for sharing all of this beautiful wisdom. And um, I hear just such a, a sense of, you know, if we can just stay curious and in that state of uh trusting that. God's going to show us the way if we can just remember to ask and be present and listen and obey. Um, but just like, I, I just have this set this tone or this sense of expectation of delivery, right. Of, of that we don't have to do this alone, that we don't have to have all the answers. Cause my mind just goes nuts with like, I mean, I can just, as I listen to you talking, I'm just so in, in inspired. And at the same time, the scarcity thoughts are like, oh, well, that's impossible. And I'm like, oh, well, Monday nights I could, I could do this. And then right away it's the attack of like, no, that's not gonna work. Yeah, there's no this it's impossible. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. And just staying in that space of like, all right, God, look at this. Look at these thoughts. Like I, I'm gonna continue to lean on you to clear them out to just in Jesus name, declare the enemy has no power over my mind. We together with God can do anything. We set our hearts and desires on nothing is impossible. And just the reward from this. It's like, I feel like I, in this season of my life, I am not craving anything more than this. And the fact that it's such a journey is just so interesting and, um, there's always a, like, there's always growth, right? Like no matter, I feel like we'll be 95 years old. Hopefully we all, my goal is a hundred. <laughs> I feel like when we're 95 years old, there's going to be something that God's working on that we're going to be oh, yeah. working on, right? Like we're always learning, we're always growing. And for me, this is a big one in this season of my life right now. So thank you for dedicating um, so much of your heart to this work. Thank you for going before me all those years ago and Mm. having such an act of surrender that shows me what is possible. Um, it's, it's just, it's just such a joy to get to know you and, um, and listeners, I'm telling you, Diana's awesome. Go find her work. So tell us, mm-hmm. tell listeners where they can find out more if they want to do this, this class. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly when this episode will air, but, um, if they want to get in to more of you, where can they find you mm-hmm. all that good stuff?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah a great place to start. I have a free mini course called Make a Rest Plan. And what that'll introduce you to is this concept of the seven different ways we as humans enjoy rest. This is not a concept that I've created. This is something that has been studied um, by a woman called called named Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith. She wrote a book called Sacred Rest when she goes through all seven of these. My mini course is like little bite-sized nuggets of those seven ways. So you can start there. There's also a quiz that you can take. It's called the Rest Needs Quiz, which will highlight wherever deficits are being expressed by you based off of your answers on that quiz, which will let you know which one of those seven areas of rest you probably need to start with. So I invite you to do that. Deanna Mason.com forward slash make a rest plan. I'm sure it's in the show notes, but, and I want to say one little thing to you, this is just for Wendy and anybody else that benefits from it. And, you know, it's for you too, but you don't have to have it figured out. That's you, you absolutely don't have to know the answer to how it's going to look. You just have to have a heart that's willing to surrender. It is impossible. The way your life is set up right now and your schedule, it is impossible. I'm already letting you know. No, it's <laughs> it's not, you're not gonna do this plus everything you're doing. Okay. I, yeah, you need to hear this. You're not gonna add this to your life without stuff falling off. Yeah. But he's gonna tell you what needs to fall off. He's gonna tell you what needs to be pushed to the next week. He's going to curate the life that you're looking for step-by-step and just allow him to do it. it. You're going to be amazed in another 90 days about the things that felt so important today that do not seem relevant anymore. And that's the kind of God we serve. He's going to do that for you, but all he needs is that position of a surrendered heart. My gosh,
0: I knew you'd have me crying at some point in this episode, Deanna. So those are tears of joy. I receive that, uh, you know, that beautiful um, just wishes for me. And uh, I just, I thank you so much. So I cannot wait to go check out those free resources. I'm taking that quiz. I can't wait. to. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be like red alert going off. Alert, alert, alert. (laughs) You You need rest. You need rest here, here, here. (laughs) <laughs> uh, and I'm gonna go, I'm gonna do that free course too. So thank you so much. It's just been such a joy to have you and uh, listeners. Go find Deanna and download her um, her amazing free resources for you today. For more information, go to FreshStartFamilyOnline.com.